The following views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of Dallas Baptist University. I'm seeing stars, I can't believe my eyes. I'm seeing stars. The Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. The Texas Rangers win the And welcome to the Seeing Stars Podcast recording in Studio 1067 on a Thirsty Thursday. We've never done a Thursday podcast, at <laughs> yes, least we at least you, done a Thursday. <laughs> not not outside the, the confines of the, the dungeon at the DBU uh, <laughs> DBU studio. I think that's probably true. So here we are. We're back. We're back. We're back. Two months later. Two months later. Uh, my name is Nick Engstead. I'm a writer at MavsMoneyWall.com, covering your Dallas Mavs. And sitting next to me, covering Texas Rangers, Josh Stack. Daddy's home. Hey, baby. And that's it. That's that's the rest of us. Just sticking with the two of us. I don't we, know. Uh, I don't know what's happened to the to the you know. We ditched the, the crew. We yeah. ditched they them. Holding, what happened? They were holding us back. <laughs> Not true. So as you guys, if you guys have been listening to the last couple episodes, we uh, Josh and I have branched out. We are just doing it the two of us. Uh, it was too much. All of us have graduated, gone our separate ways. Too much for us to all get together again. It's just too complicated. We kind of all we kind of all live at different corners i know you and chris live close together here and which is funny you're up in uh <laughs> he could probably be over here yeah up in north dallas and myself i'm still in arlington and nathan's out Na- in nathan like midlothian midlothian <laughs> so. and then waco most of the time right like uh yeah so he's, he's kind of traveling in between so he's he's a uh, he's a rambling man so we're all over the place but we're still gonna bring you some uh some texas rangers action josh yes uh still on the show Shote otani watch yeah, so Shohei. Shohei Keep trying Otani. to put a T in the in the first. <laughs> Shohei Totani. Shohei, <laughs> like Shohei. Yeah, we are in a we're kind of in the thick of things, and I told you kind of before the podcast that I'm really glad that there was a little bit of a buffer time between when we started this and when you were getting off work, uh, because the things that have transpired today sent me into emotional distress, and I was. <laughs> fuming on my drive over here i almost was like i almost called it off i was like you know what screw it Just i can't get it i can't do a podcast too tonight. emotional to this talk is, about sports this is so hard for me and, but yeah so it kind of kind of if you have not been keeping up with uh what's been going on on this thursday evening uh you know post post work that you know the Mariners have started to make some moves. They're making money moves with uh, pulling in D. Gordon from the Marlins, and over the past two days, they've picked up an extra two million dollars in international cap space. So we've got we definitely got some Ranger stuff to talk about, and then uh, we'll be hitting. Of course, we'll be hitting the uh, Cowboys. Josh, I'll be asking you, is it over? It depends what you want. All right, it depends, and then we'll be getting to the Mavericks. Of course, I've been there pretty much every day of my life. You know what sounds like. good. A hot dog. <laughs> I know you've talked enough we, about that. We will be getting into Hot Dog Gate for sure, and uh, talking about some Dennis with Jr. and some Dirk action. Dirk is he's got a, he's revitalized in this year. He's he's kind of finding that everyone's everyone's asking him if he wants to retire, and he said, "I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing easy." Shout out to him. That's what we'll be getting to today. We're just going to hit the three main sports. Those are the things that we want to talk about. We may and, talk uh, about a little bit of life some somewhere in here. We might hit some life. So, all right, let's start right away. Let's hit the Texas Rangers. Hey, 
All right, Josh. Shohei Otani. Yes. It started when last Friday, and we've been in it for about a week. And so we're, we're recording this, obviously, on a Thursday night. And so we've been in it for about a week. We found out bef- before he was actually posted, like before this, this all actually started and kicked off, like the, the uh, Otani watch, we found out that he had a list of all these things. That, so specific. Uh, so specific. All, the, all this stuff. Uh, we found out that he had this list. And the Rangers met a lot of those criteria. Yeah. And, you know, the Rangers have been a team who has been in on Shohei Otani since he was 16 years old. And they've been scouting him. He was he was originally going to come over to Major League Baseball at 18, coming out of high school. But a lot of teams weren't allowing him and giving him the opportunity to pitch and hit, which is you know kind of what makes him famous for who he is. Um, but you know the Nippon Ham Fighters, the team that kind of his home club. Wait, 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 the Ham Fighters. The Nippon Ham Fighters. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Jose Calderon. So I. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a ham farm yeah so he should be the mascot maybe yeah he they, i think they're i think it's like their mascot's like a, a tiger or a swordfish i don't know which one it is it's one of the other <laughs> wait, wait wait the ham fighters could be a swordfish or All a right. tiger we have the google yeah but uh you know the their home team and his home team who's he who he's been playing with since 18 and now that he's 23 they offered him that if if he would stay over in Japan, that they would allow him to pitch and hit. And it's wow. really worked for him. And now he's coming over and it's been kind of surprising because I don't know if, you know, I don't know if anyone really has any expectations on what he's going to be, which almost brings more intrigue because. I, I, see, I would disagree with that. I feel like there's obviously expectation for this. This is why it's so heightened. And I think pretty much every team made a pitch to him. You know, like I think there's definitely expectation. There's expectation that this guy is going to be uh, an amazing pitcher. He's going to come in, you know, right away and be able to contribute to to a starting rotation. And then the hitting is just sort of extra. Like, and to some to some clubs, it sort of feels like the hitting part is like an obstacle that they have to deal with, right? Like because that he wants to do that and he can do that, and so they're like, it's sort of a reluctant thing that. To, that's what it, at least what it seems like to me. Right, and for any team that really desires to have show, Shohei Otani on on their ball club, which I think would be anybody, pretty much they, every club, they had to promise in this. You know, these questions that they had to answer pre kind of getting into this whole sweepstakes. That was something that they pretty much had to promise. They were like, you know, you have to give him the opportunity to hit and pitch both. Otherwise, we're not even looking at you. He's not even going to consider it. No. Which is to me like just pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, that would be like a specific thing that he's like, I have to, you know, be able to do this, or else I'm not gonna even consider. Right, and clearly it's it's exciting, and you know, it's been a whirlwind of the past couple days because, you know, I don't think anyone expected for news to be coming out as rapidly as it did, but there was a whole day where it just seemed like. I think uh, CJ Nikowski said it was the most exciting episode of The Bachelor that he's ever seen <laughs> because people were just dropping like flies. Because, you know, I'm glad every, that's the only thing that they dropped. Everyone around Major League Baseball considered the Yankees to be far and away kind of the favorite to land Otani. And then, you yeah. know, comes out, Yankees are down. 
Red Sox are down. You know, he there's pretty much every team on the East Coast he wasn't going to because he said he wanted to play for a West Coast team and he wanted to play for a small market team. So take out the Yankees, take out Boston, which is kind of a surprise to me why both LA teams are still in it. If this is really what he wants, he wants kind of a smaller market somewhere that you know he can get comfortable and right. he can. A lot of the questions were about acclimation, like that. How mm. how how are you going to help me? acclimate to life in the u.s because you have to imagine like <laughs> you know if, if we were doing this you know how difficult it would be for us to you know to transfer over to get acclimated to a new country we didn't know the language and it's a lot of the questions were like what things do you have in place already and it seemed really it seemed like the rangers were really well set up because they had you darvish already and he went through yes. all that stuff they acclimated him to all that he seems to have adjusted fairly well he became you know a really good starting pitcher in this league and then you know now uh you know, Shoteo, Shohei Otani. I Shohei Otani <laughs> keeps uh, that he wants to kind of get the the same thing, and so that's when that's when you were feeling good. You're feeling good, like okay, you know, the Rangers fit all these, and of course, before everything happens, you talk yourself into it. And for those of you <laughs> that remember Nathan well, Nathan, you know Nathan he was, was on this podcast. He uh, Nathan is very good at finding kind of the best in things and making me feel confident about things. And he <laughs> was would... so, he was so positive and was like, no, I think it's Rangers all the way. I think it's Rangers and the rest of the teams are just a smoke screen. And for whatever reason, my little emotional heart wasn't thinking, <laughs> wasn't thinking clearly. And so I just kind of bought into this and then Nick kind of had to pull me back to, back to stratosphere as you know, my, desire and my hope meter was off the charts <laughs> your hope meter yeah see i feel like what nathan does to you is he he like gets your hopes up and he's really good at like raising them way out of expectation way out of proportion and uh and then you just get brought down by reality which is exactly <laughs> what happened today and if you have been keeping up with this afternoon thursday afternoons news Ugh. the mariners have been wheeling and dealing just and you know, people say that money may not be an issue, which it very well might not be because four of these teams that are in this race cannot spend their limited to a $300,000 signing bonus. So maybe money doesn't make an issue, but Jerry DePoto and the Mariners are really pushing hard considering they made a deal with the Twins yesterday, um, sending over a prospect for a million dollars in international, like, signing money yeah and then they made a move today which they had jared dyson last year who is a speedy center fielder and were looking to fill an outfield spot and who they decided to go with was d gordon uh second baseman from the miami marlins who that is a fire show right now they're literally trying to get rid of is everybody it, it, i mean just Stop me if you've heard this before, but the Miami Marlins are a dumpster fire and they're selling everybody off again. Like, doesn't this happen to them every three years? It's like every four years. Yeah. It's it's like high school or college. They just decide <laughs> to start completely new. Yeah. It's but, like they never stop that cycle. You know how after you leave like college, you feel like everything should be in four-year stretches? Yeah. <laughs> like high yeah. school is in four years and then, you know, college is four years. My whole life like, has been put into this little block and now I'm in my <laughs> freshman year of of life. real life <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so yeah i saw a uh i saw a really good joke on twitter i was trying to find it but it was uh it was uh you know uh seattle mariners 
We can give you this much money, Otani. Money is not an issue. We can give you. What about another million? Money is not an issue. What about another, another million? <laughs> money is not dollars. an issue. <laughs> then they then they say the Marlins say or the uh, Mariners say again. How about another? How about another million? <laughs> and he and then the, the end. It said Otani looks at translator. <laughs> that was a great joke. Shout out to whoever put that on Twitter, but I can't remember. But uh, but yeah, and, and it just seems like they're. You would think that. T- so to me, if the Mariners are stocking up on all this cash, which now they're the, they're the they're, leaders. They have the most. right now. They have the most. They're about. Uh, I want to say about three hundred thousand dollars. They have three hundred thousand more dollars than the Rangers do. Yeah, which is what a lot of clubs have just in general. It's three hundred like three hundred thousand. Yeah, in for the money. for the majority of the teams, <laughs> who, which is pretty crazy. All the National League clubs, right? And uh, and so you look at that and you think, okay, money. Maybe in the meetings at some point it became more of a thing than he thought than than initially we thought, and so that made the Rangers look you know, really good at that point. And it, and at least they're second, right? It's not they're below, like, where are the Cubs? Like 300,000? They're like, all the, National League teams. 000? No, all National League teams are $300,000 right now. So the That's Cubs crazy. are, the Dodgers are. Yeah. I'm trying to think who the other two teams. The Padres. Padres were one of them. And who's the other National League? Oh, the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. So all, all four of those ball the clubs are, you know, they're all at $300,000. And that's the intrigue of all this is that Nobody actually knows what he wants. Even though he sent out that huge questionnaire, <laughs> you know, like you'd think that you just look through that and then reverse engineer it to say, okay, this is what these questions are saying. And then this is what he wants. You can, you can look at it and see what he values in those questions. So let's go take a look back at Shohei Otani in Japan. This okay. guy is, he's literally a baseball robot because he's this 23 year old kid who literally eats lives and breathes baseball like he was living almost I mean almost at the stadium like he was living in kind of this dormitory across from the ballpark oh yeah as soon as the game ended he would go back like watch baseball film and for this guy being a young guy he's you know he's very protected and he seems like a bright kid but you know the reason that money is an issue for him is because his parents were the ones handling his money while he was playing for the ham fighters and they would just give him kind of an allotted allowance. Oh, there's an NBA player that did this recently. I can't remember who it is, but it just money has never been an issue because it's never really been a thing. And this guy, he just, he is baseball and there isn't anything outside of his life that doesn't surround around baseball, which is why the clear choice kind of from the beginning seemed like Seattle because it's, from a you know from a social standpoint and from a cultural standpoint it's probably the most similar city to where he's coming from in Japan and you know it's a smaller market it's west coast it's they have you know Ichiro who was kind yeah. of the greatest so Japanese baseball player who's ever played in the big out leagues that the, the Rangers have you know acclimated you <laughs> Darvish yeah. point to Ichiro and be like all right well they kind of did it before <laughs> also I don't know did you see did you see the whole you Darvish tweet thing from last night I didn't what did he tweet? did you not see that no what did he tweet okay so do you know who Emily Jones is she's yeah, kind yeah. of the sideline reporter sideline. for the Rangers so um Emily Jones had seen something because you Darvish and his family live in Dallas they live in the right. Dallas area this is where they call home and she had just been like you how's it going and he was like Emily how are you doing and she was like, you know, how how's the family? How's the kids? Make sure to say hi to him for me. She goes, I'm still waiting to get that 
I'm still waiting to get that English interview with you, like an English completely or an interview completely in English. And he goes, yeah, I you know, right he here. said, no, I'm doing, I'm doing but, great. But he said, we, we doing well, Emily. How is your family doing? If I sign with the Rangers, I'll do it next spring training. Yeah. What? So I don't know if that's nobody. What? Again, nobody knows. Nobody has an idea of what's, what's I going hope on. That, that was like, I hope that that wasn't just a bad translation on like Bing or Google. You no, know, the, you he, know what I mean. But he no, he tweeted this but, in English. But but that he put it in Google Translate. Like he typed it out in Japanese and then like hit translate nope. and then copied and pasted. No, it. No, because this is this is a guy who can speak English fluently. He chose not to. Okay. Hey, he knows what he's saying. If I sign with the Rangers, so he, there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. And if there's a chance to get him. And one of the things that was on Otani's list, and I can't find the questionnaire. I've been Googling it this whole entire time we've been talking. But the one of the things was, is there another you know Japanese star that I can play with? Well, and then there's been questions. It seems like this whole this whole segment's been about questions. But there's been questions I think, I think that does he, does he wanna does he wanna play with the Japanese player? Some people say no. Some people thinks or think that he wants to come in and just be the guy. He wants to be the sole kind of Japanese presence on the team and make his mark that way. That'd be like if if like I was accepted to a ball club and be like, all right, I'm the only one from Ohio. No white guys. <laughs> no, no, just nobody from Ohio. <laughs> like just nobody else can be from where Sorry, I'm Sorry, LeBron. <laughs> Sorry, Tim Collins. No white guys. Just gone. Nobody else. Sorry, Larry Nance Jr. Uh, yeah. Okay, so other things that I, I did actually want to – well, okay. There's a few things else I wanted to say about this. So, the uh, the Mariners get all this money. They also get D. Gordon, who's another who's a good player, right? He is, and you know he had a really good year last he year. He had 200 he, hits and 60 stolen bases. And he batted like 300 last year, and I mean, man, just <laughs> just a great year for him. He led the league in stolen bases, didn't he? Yeah, but here's my question about the whole thing: is that the Mariners have been vocal that they wanted a defensive center fielder. How do you just expect to throw an athlete out there? Yes, I bet he'll transition fine. Yeah. But this guy, from what I know, hasn't played center field in kind of his, you know, maybe probably in his upbringing he did, but not at a professional level. He's been a second baseman, and there's a reason he's stuck at second base. It's because he doesn't have arm talent. It was the same reason that Delano DeShields was playing second base yeah. growing up, because he can't throw the ball. Yeah, so th- that's a, definitely a question they're going to have to answer. I don't really care to answer it too much because I don't care about the Mariners that much. I hope they don't get any players. So but, I'm going to be so mad. But one stat that I noticed as I was looking through these two teams, because they were pretty close. In this, they were tied in standings last year. They had the exact same win-loss record. But in one-run games, the Mariners were 26-15, and 15, best in the league. The Rangers were 13-24, and 24, worst in the league. And so now they're adding, you know, a, a quality player and they might add Otani and like even further themselves from the Rangers. And I don't know. <laughs> I mean, to me, like I said, if, like if we that team been... is ready and like just ready to, to either flop because usually those one run games, they don't necessarily translate. Like it's, it's like the turnover battle in the NFL. It's not necessarily something that you can predict. Yeah. And if we would have been doing this podcast about 30 minutes ago, I would be raging right now. I was, I was so like. <laughs> I know I may sound dramatic, but I was yeah. so mad because it just seemed like I let myself like get my hopes up and then it just <laughs> dropped a giant fat Seattle deuce on me, a rainy deuce. <laughs> 
you dropped a latte right <laughs> right in the middle of it. Yeah, splashed it right in the face. So, all right. Well, we were going to talk about the uh, the other signings. We should mention that Doug Fister and Mike Miner were both added uh, to the starting rotation, which is you know with great ads. I think sounds like solid guys. We were going to talk about that, but we've gone a little long on this, so we'll hit that next week. Uh, and let's move on now. Let's talk about a team that is always moving on to next week: the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys win. As always. All right, the Dallas Cowboys have essentially sealed their fate at six and six. Now, the first question I need to ask you, Josh Jack. Yes, sir. Are the Cowboys back to their eight and eight ways? Or is the record not necessarily indicative of the substance of this team? Oh, man. I don't know if you have a choice. I think it's kind of the fate's been sealed for you just with injuries, with the suspension, with the the drama that surrounded the Dallas Cowboys this year. You may be sitting at an 8-8 eight eight team. I think the talent on this roster, from when your team is fully healthy, they're Way better dang than eight. They are dang good. They team. were much. They look much more like the it, team that you saw last year than you as you know as when, opposed to what you saw this year. When this year. team is healthy, this, just to put it in context for everybody that is so down on the Cowboys because I am right now. I, f- I just feel like, ugh, you know, watching these games sometimes is a, it's just a slog. You know, because you're you're just expecting a, a bad loss. This team was so good when they were healthy. They made Jason Garrett the coach of the year last year. And it seems like everybody forgot that, but and I think that was I think he won that award despite himself. I think that team elevated him to where he is because I I, I don't know how much of it is Jason Garrett. We're kind of seeing that this year that you know Jason Garrett's definitely getting exposed like his coaching ability. If you're Jerry Jones and I mean not because of he's what's going leader. to happen because he's not going to get fired, but would you fire him? Man, so would you move on? Would you fresh start fresh? It's so complicated because as an owner of such a massive and this is not just like the Milwaukee Bucks that are talking about fire or like the Cleveland Browns, right? Let's let's yeah, do we're it. not talking about David Fisdale here. Yeah. <laughs> Take that for data. The, we're not talking about the Cleveland Browns who are like a dumpster fire and like, you know, they have their loyal fans and that's kind of it. And if they just continue to fire coaches, it's the status quo for them. You know, like firing a coach is the status quo. Their front office has, has reorganized and reshuffled. They fired their GM today. They fired their GM today. Their front office has reshuffled completely every two years for the last five, for the last seven years, (laughs) just like reshuffling, reshuffling new people. That's the status quo for them. The status quo for the Cowboys Shouldn't be that. And it's such a big brand and, and organization, and it's it matters so much for the league. I mean, you we, we saw the ratings last year. Like, the ratings spike when the Cowboys play and when the Cowboys are good. And the ratings spike when the Cowboys are good just in the NFL in general. People are more interested in seeing the uh, – in seeing the NFL and seeing the product when the Cowboys are good. Yes, and I think it's, it's parallel is to that of because – there's not another team in this market that's as polarizing as the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are the New York Yankees, are the, the Los Angeles the Lakers. Lakers, are the Knicks, are the Duke like all basketball. these you know all these teams. That sport is a better product when those teams are good. And so, in saying that, I think that it gets more complicated for Jerry Jones because he has a coach that can at least, I don't know, that can at least put like. He can put a product out on the, the the field that is, you know, serviceable and 
could be great, you know? Sure. He did that last year. We saw him do it last year. Like, we finally have evidence that he can put a team out on the field that is really, really good, that is the best team, you know, best team in the NFC. So you have that. And then you have all these other coaches, you know, in the NFL. How many bad coaches are in the NFL right now? It, it seems like a lot. It's, it's just – it's surprising because – there's only 30 teams. Well, this is the same same exact argument about quarterbacks. It's just like there's only 30 teams. How do you not have 30 guys who can coach an NFL it's team? It's the same exact argument about quarterbacks. It's like how do we not have 30 quarterbacks? Instead, we have, you know, like Josh McCallan starting. We have, you know, all these two. We have Blake Bortles starting for like a, a – uh, yeah. really good like a really good team at this point we just have like all let's, these uh, let's get into let's get into the giants Kaiser, yeah, talk we about have, the giants. oh my gosh Eugenio freaking smith starting games for the worst qbr like in nfl history so anyway you, you just can't find a ton of good coaches so who are you going to replace them with and there's a lot of people that are saying you know names and throwing names out there the other thing is for the corporation side of it is th- the cowboys are so big that if you get some turmoil in there and you pick the wrong coach, all of a sudden, like, you don't know what that could mean. Oh yeah, you're throwing you're throwing On back to side. I mean, you're throwing back to post Jimmy Johnson era where you were getting a different head coach every like, three years. Right. And you they, were getting and the Dave Campos that. and the Wade Phillips. Yeah, Bill Parcells, just that you know, it's it's hard to build a foundation when you're only given three years to do so. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to put in a culture. It's hard for, you know, just a, a team to establish that that identity. And so they have that. They have a team that is an established identity that, that is proven to work because it did last year. And so that's what makes it complicated for Jerry Jones. All that being said, I think I would still fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I would. I think I still will. I think you can find somebody. I think that the, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys is not open very often. And I think that. Oh, I think the best come out of the oh woodworks. Oh, my gosh. How how attractive would this job be right now? You have this offensive line. You have Dak Prescott. You have Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, and and this these the Zeke suspension thing will be done. Hopefully, all this stuff will be behind him, and he won't ever be suspended again. It's over. Like you know, what else are they gonna pull? Try to pull out of his past that'll try to keep him away from the football field. Uh, if, you know, like, if they find something is, else, I it. would be appalled considering the things that <laughs> were said and be. done. Gosh. to and about Zeke Elliott over the course of this year. And it's it's so – it's just – it was an exhausting year to be a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> and they're going to be 8-8, eight and eight, which is like exactly what Cowboys fans hate. So, so yeah, much. I mean, that, that kind of proposes my next question for for you is that if you, as a Cowboys fan, which direction do you want to see the Cowboys take the rest of the year? Would you like to see them lose out and go for the higher draft pick? And possibly give yourself a better position to reload on a defensive front, on an offensive front. I mean, you could go a number of different directions. Or would you like to see them kind of make that push and win out and go for the playoffs? Because you have to win out if you want a shot at the postseason. I think whatever re- like whatever record the Cowboys end up with this year is not going to really – it's not going to affect – it's not going to affect the team next year, I think. I think this is just going to be end up being a wash year that they're going to come back from that's going to be, you know, they could they, they can end up being a 14-win team again next year, no matter what their record is. Let's say they they, they go 6-10. and 10, you know, Wow, like, 14. That's a big number. That's only two losses. Yeah, or, okay, 13, 12. I mean, either any of those. Yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. can still bounce back from it. So that being said, to me, it seems like a lost year. And so in a lost year, what do you do? 
for for any of these for any franchise, I think you play the young, you play your young players and try to see what you have in some of these guys that you haven't really looked at a lot. And so, I know all the stuff that's been said about Taco. Just throw him out there every every snap, I, you know, like just just throw him out there, see what you know, see what he can do. It's just and a lot of these guys, I think, just all the young guys, throw them out there, see what you have in them, and uh, and try them out. That that's my that's my take on it. Yeah, I think. And so in that, you're like organically tanking, I guess. Sure. I mean, I think that's a good option just because you're getting late in the year. Uh, the the promising point is that you are getting Sean Lee back this week. So right. What if this defense looks completely different? And I think, and I'm seeing kind of more than ever that for a professional franchise, the culture of tanking is not well received. And I get it. So they're going to put the best product on the field. And I want them to. I really do. But agreeing with you, I'd like to see a whole lot more of Xavier Woods in the secondary right. because Byron Jones hasn't played that well. Right. Yes, Jeff Heath has maybe leading this team in inter- interceptions again, <laughs> but that's not that says nothing on the type of player he is. Right. It interceptions like turnovers can be pretty chance deceiving. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Orlando Skandrick's going to be out is going to be out this week because you know he has these kind of fractures within his back, and so Ugh, I know you want to see. That, see, that's messed. I know you, you want to see these rookie defensive backs and I think you will I think you may see a starting back you know kind of I was gonna say backcourt um I <laughs> I think like that you may court. see a starting kind of defensive backs of Jordan Lewis and Chidobe Awuzie and I'd like to see Xavier Woods and you know I think you have to be decently happy with what you I guess seen from a guy like Taco Charlton, because there were zero expectations going into the year because he was getting killed early. The yeah. guy does still have two yeah. sacks. Right. So I least, mean, it's not a lost season, and it's something it's not, to work off of. It's not, and I know I always bring up basketball guys, but that's my knowledge base. It's not like Anthony Bennett where you literally saw nothing in the first year. You know, where you literally just saw, like, there is no flashes. There is nothing in the I first mean, it was, year. I mean, it know? was close. It, it was close. <laughs> For a lot of fans, I think they would say that Taco Charlton may be Anthony Bennett, but I, I don't think so. I mean, uh, Taco Charlton has a drive. He wants to, he wants to do well. It's just at this point he's he's not I think strong enough and mature enough to deal with professional offensive linemen. And there's times where on those two sacks that he beats the guy across from him, and you see like, oh, this guy is he's decent. He could be an NFL player. No crap, he can be an NFL player. I mean, he you know got drafted in the first round for a reason. Right. They saw but, they saw something on him. Yeah, and it's it's all measurables. The dude's six seven, and you know, puts put some weight on him, give him more reps, and you know he could turn into something. I don't think he's gonna be. He's not gonna be JJ Watt. He's not gonna be premier pass rusher, but maybe maybe he can be Greg Ellis for you. Yeah. So at least that that's my take on it. That's that's what I think that they should be doing. Uh, and then, you know, if they if they don't want to do that, if they don't have, and you know, if they don't have a ton of guys that they want to throw out there, then try just go ahead and try like just tr- just try to win out the season you never know at the end the end of nfl seasons can be so crazy they always have those you know crazy stats on you know espn and stuff that's like all right this team can get into the playoffs if this team this team and this team win and if this team this team and this team lose like you just never know what's going to happen you could slip in there you get ezekiel Elliott back yeah that's only two weeks away by the way yeah. and it seems crazy because we were all so worried and six seemed like such a big number 
We're only two weeks away from this happening. Gosh. He's coming back the day before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. He'll, he'll come back for week 15? Week 16. Okay. So the, because, fi- the final week. Uh, no, week 17 is the final week. Because oh, okay. each each right, team right. gets a bye. Yeah, yeah. So. The 15th game. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So, yeah, he'll come back. So, yeah, that you know, just go ahead and, and <laughs> I don't know, just at least, I guess try. And so the go back to my original question. Is it over? Not really. Hmm. I'd like the better draft pick. I would like to see them lose out because I want Roquan Smith, uh, the linebacker from Georgia, who's apparently incredible, and he won the MVP in his his championship SEC championship game. And so I don't. He could be awesome. Tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think that necessarily tanking in the NFL, if you're not going to get the number one pick, is worth it. Because look at what look no, at. Oh, there's 256 guys that are going to get drafted. Yeah, look at what the Cowboys have done in the last couple of years with their draft picks. You know, look at some of the guys that have been taken. You know, number one overall or whatever. Like look at Jameis Winston. You know, that was like a guy that everybody said that that was a guaranteed number one quarterback, and and everybody looking at him now saying, eh, you know, we're kind of we're kind of sour on him now. But then you have all these guys that, that go in later picks in the first round. I think whatever first round pick you get is is whatever. You know, like you, it, just the you could get a all pro at number thirty. You could, you know, you could like, get it. Yeah, uh, you could get an all pro in the fifth round. You could in the third in, round with in Antonio. Frederick. Yeah, Antonio. Well, no, Travis Frederick was a first round pick. End of the first round. End of the first round. So that still proves my point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nobody thought it was a good pick though. Every I was I was so mad. I was like, why did you do this? Sharif Floyd from Florida was on the board. What the heck are you thinking? <laughs> or like, why did you take Zach Martin over Johnny Manziel? He had a, he had a third round grade on him. That's what I was thinking. Yep. He had a third round grade from a lot of people, and that's why people were like, my oh name my is gosh, Frederick. <laughs> Travis Frederick. All right. Anything else you want to talk about the Cowboys? It seems kind of we hit the main story. Hmm. No, I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> We're okay. It's been a down year for the Cowboys. And uh, when the Cowboys are better, we'll have a lot more stuff. <laughs> Maybe when, one day. Or when draft comes. All right. Let us hit the next team. That, this is your team. You do this every day. So this, this is, is just another. This is my wheelhouse right now. Yeah, this is, uh, this is just another day for you. All right, here we are, the Dallas Mavericks segment. This is, I, I like live and breathe this right now. I write for Mavericks Moneyball. I host the Lockdown Mavericks podcast five times a week. So, Josh, just hit me with questions. Yeah, okay, so this just is, this is just a this is just a round table, basically. Okay, so first question is actually going to be kind of off topic. Who, who on this Mavericks team have you been most impressed with oh, thus far this season? I love this question. Maxi Kleber. I knew been, that was going to be the Maxi answer. Maxi Kleber has been so great. He's just very solid. He's a glue guy. He's a guy that comes in. He'll do anything you ask him to do. And he is the Dorian Finney-Smith of this year. From and my, I from hope we don't get the same product as like into second year. From first year, because Dorian Finney-Smith well, was great, but you know Dorian injured. DFS is also not getting the playing time that he's injured. Yeah, he's been he's been injured and out for like a month now, so he's he's not. Yeah, he, the disappointment is mostly, and the injury was a thigh injury, so it's kind of like 
that's what he's dealing with, and it's hard to be a basketball player and have a thigh problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like look at look at Kawhi right now. His quad has kept him out for the first two months of the season. Right. So what about like what so about Maxi? Is Maxi last night impressive. against the the Boston Celtics had five blocks. <laughs> Maxi at other times had sixteen points in the first quarter. He has also had you know like nine rebounds in a game. Like the guy just can do a lot of different things. He's not going to fill up your box score. He's not going to be like a twenty point per game scorer. But the guy will just come in. And he will do the little things. And he has been a great glue guy for this starting lineup. Since the Mavericks have put him in the starting lineup, they're 500 team. So put him in there with, with you know, Dirk as the center still. Put Maxi as the guy that is sort of your rim protector slash guy that's going to fight and actually get rebounds. Harrison Barnes, Wes Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr. That's a, that's a fairly good starting lineup. I've been very impressed with him. I've been a Kaliber since the, the beginning. Kaliber. Since before the season started, and I'm glad that it's come I don't, to, I don't to know fruition. If you, I don't know if you remember back, but uh, I was also a... You're a Kaliber? Uh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, I, I was the one that... Was like, you know what? He's, you know, I, I think he's gonna give you more than Nicholas Persino did last year. And you were definitely right. He's, he's done so early in the year, and it's great. Okay, second question: Is Maxi Kleber more handsome than Chandler Parsons? Wow, Maxi Kleber is a looker. He's a good-looking guy. Also, he's got a sweet smile. I am six days older than Maxi Kleber. By the way. Yeah. Yeah, we our birthdays are both in January. Uh, yes, he's definitely better looking than Chandler Parsons. Wow. Okay. Strong especially, take. Strong take. Especially, so you got to take the entire body of work, which also includes knees. Mm. <laughs> okay. He seems he seems really nice. Super nice guy. I was I was very impressed with his English. I don't. I probably should have done more research on him, but the first time I went up and talked to him, perfect English. <laughs> Could totally understand each other. Okay. So pre. Awesome. I remember preseason. You said guy. JJ Barea was the most. I don't know if you said the most talented said, guard, I, I on the best guard on this roster. He was roster. the best guard on this roster. Do you still believe so? If so, then why? I believe he is still. I think he's still the best guard. He's not the most talented. So that's a different that's a different scenario. Dennis Smith Jr. is the most talented guard on this roster, bar none. Like he is and I would say even Seth Curry is more talented than Yo than than JJ Barea. But JJ Barea is a better player because he just understands things. Like there's this lineup that I found. That now everybody has stolen from me. I will say that on this podcast. I have not said that on Locked On Mavs. Because this is this is Nick. This is airing his grievances. This is me airing my grievances. There's this lineup that I discovered that everybody else is now writing about. Bobby Carolla has written about it. Doyle has written about it on on Mavs Moneyball. Do you feel Joe has written about it on Mavs Moneyball? And they have. And Mike Peasley has talked about it uh, on the on the uh, radio broadcast. Mark Falwell tweeted me and said that he talked about it on the Mavs broadcast. So like all these people have talked about it. It, I call it the Savvy Six. The Savvy Six is J.J. Barea, Yogi Ferrell, Devin Harris, Dwight Powell, and Dirk Nowitzki. This is like their 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 bench unit, and you give me that face. You give me that face now. That is a, a face of disgust and anguish. And uh, that's what I first thought. When it's just I put, like a, a real kind of it's weird displeasant odor. It's weird, but this group plays the end of the first quarter the beginning of the second, the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth. That's kind of their their area where they go. They are the best defensive unit in the NBA and the the, the five-man unit with the best net rating. So they are, they are the best five-man unit basically in the NBA, which is crazy. 
And J.J. Bray is part of that, and he kind of steers it. And do you think there's anything that makes them and makes this unit so effective? Yeah. Have you Have you found the secret to it? Yeah, so I, I wrote about it on Mavs Moneyball, but basically they have they have three guards that can I'm all... I'm trying to shameless plug you right now, they have the three. I, I've, I've read your article. <laughs> they have three guards that can run pick and rolls and pick and pops. You have Dwight Powell that literally, when he's in this lineup, does not shoot threes, which is the best Dwight Powell. When he does not shoot threes, when he's around the basket, he can grab rebounds, he can... You know, roll, you know, run to the rim. He's really good at, at rim running. That's like Dwight Powell's the one thing that he's actually super good at. And then you have Dirk who can pick and pop and he hits shots and all this stuff. And you just have three vets that know what they're doing. That's why they call them the Savvy Six. You have Berea, Harris, and Dirk that have all played together a ton. And then, of course, the sixth player. And I, I don't know why you haven't asked me about this yet. Who's the sixth player? Ask me who the sixth is. It's either going to be <laughs> – I'm going to say my first option is Salah. Solemn measury. No, the sixth is. Is it Car- Harrison Barnes? The sixth is Carlisle. Dang it! No, no, so that doesn't count. We're talking That's- about we're talking about this lineup. Carlisle makes it work. Carlisle is the one that designs these things. He's the one that coaches them. He is the one that makes this lineup specifically work with these veterans. And this is only a lineup that Carlisle would put together. And okay, that's why I call him the Savvy Six. That's fair. I I like the name for it. It sounds better than stealing some like unfab five. Yeah, we're calling it the death lineup. That's what people were calling it on Twitter last night, and I said, no, that is not right. I created this. You don't get to name it. I didn't create it. I just discovered it. Anyway. Anyways, not bitter or anything. So from your perspective, though, yeah, what type of team is this Mavericks team? Is this a team that has potential? Because they've been, they've been winning as of late. Is this going to be the same as last year where they're terrible at the beginning and they start winning in the middle and then they just oh, fall off at the not. end and actually oh, tank? Oh, gosh, I really, I really hope not because you know they're playing so well as of recently because they're in every game. Yeah, it seems like – and especially they have given the Boston Celtics the best team in basketball fits in their two matchups against them. Yeah, took them to overtime at, at the AAC. It's just it's really frustrating because you know, I, I know there's so much glamour that surrounds NBA draft prospects. And there's a lot this year. There's a top five this year. Oh, yeah, but I think it's I think I think it really could have been huge, like a huge top four. I think right now it's a top three, and then four and five are question marks. Who are your question marks? Uh, I would Bamba. say I would say Bamba, and I would say Michael Porter Jr. Because With the back injury. Yeah, it's really scary. I mean, that's a scary thing because I think in all sports you get your core power from your back. Yeah, and when fair. you're having back surgery at Some of it 19 years core. old. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yes, but I, no, I would I like you. to see. It's, it's a scary injury. It's I would what, like. It's what Dwight Howard went through, and why Dwight yeah, yeah. Howard isn't Dwight Howard anymore. Exactly, and I would like to see the Mavericks in a position where they could have a confident shot at picking top three, but which is where they are still right now. Yes, but I don't know as we kind of get into this year, and you're seeing players get more confidence like Maxi Kleber and like Dennis Smith Jr. guys and, who are playing with confidence. Seth has not come back yet. He's still Yeah. December 11th is when we're allowed to ask Carlisle about it. That's what he told us. So that's coming up. That is coming up. It's I want you I want you there and up front and center like a, you know, teacher's I'll, pet. I'll be there whenever whatever December 11th is, I will be there. I don't know if I can't remember if they have a game that day or whatever, but yeah. Okay. So next question. They next, don't. It's a Monday. Next question for you. So I guess my answer to that question is I would like to see them bottom out. Yes, but <laughs> I don't. 
but I do not think that that is. <laughs> so there's a dog in the background. Obviously, so. it sounds like a screaming goat. Yeah, what what goat broke through your window <laughs> is just now. These are the luxuries we have at this home this home studio. <laughs> Let me go shut him up. Okay, you're ruining our podcast. Okay, so now that we've gotten the goat situation <laughs> under control, we for think. the most part... We, I'm bribing him until I run out of this treat. I want them to bottom out. Okay. I don't think they will. I think the roster is too talented. It, yeah. I don't right. think they are a top three lottery pick type of team, but I hope for whatever reason it just ends up being that because I would love to add... Aiton. Aiton, Bagley, or Doncic. Doncic. Who is your guy in the draft? That is my next question. Right now, I think it's Doncic. But really? I've, I've been watching a lot of Aiton, and that dude that dude could drive Carlisle nuts. Like just with his effort and with the shots and like but he is so talented. Oh my gosh. Just just watching him. He has a beautiful body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh or Bagley. Doncic or Bagley to me. Bagley really? Bagley is like Oh my gosh, that that dude also is. He could be. He could do anything he wants. He's kind of like a Towns in the sense that he has all these paths he could go down. He could become like a knockdown three point shooter, or he could become like a rim protector. You know, he or he could become. You could do what Giannis is and like dribbles the ball and like you know pass it around. Like he could do basically anything. Like he, the sky's the limit for that guy. And that's what I think is so intriguing about Marvin Bagley is that you've seen him in big big games already early in his college yeah. career and he's straight taken over. Yeah. Like he's just dominated the game and rallied his Duke team around to another win, to being the number 1 team in the country still. Completely. Yeah, which that's I'm that's what I get excited about. And I think just you know, people say, oh, well, the fit with him and Harrison Barnes is not good. Well, Harrison Barnes is only going to have two years left on his contract after this year. So yeah. he's not – he could – he probably will sign another deal, uh, but you probably want him as a guy you, – you can play him and, and, and Bagley together for sure. That's not an issue. The, the thing that makes it a non-issue even more, pairing Marvin Bagley with Dennis Smith Jr. is, like, amazing. <laughs> I think would be would be awesome. So that's that's my guy. I think is Bagley right now. Okay. So one more question before we wrap this thing up. What's up with the hot dog? What <laughs> is what is the real deal? Is it is he a ketchup guy? Is it a mustard guy? I I just I need to know. So he has told us he is a relish only or nothing. Dill or sweet, and I hope it's not sweet because <laughs> See, I want him. Off this team he immediately. He didn't answer that. He just said he just said relish or nothing. If he says sweet relish, one, I don't trust him. Two, someone get him off this team as soon as possible. That's disgusting. Sweet relish is horrible. Pickles are supposed to be sour, not right, sweet. Right. I don't. I do not like sweet pickles either. So the thing with the hot dog. So at halftime. So for, for media, you can pay, or if you have, if you're with a certain affiliation, you, there's a meal that's per, that's prepared for you before every game. Mm, so you can go down that's there. Fancy. You can pay, or if you're affiliated with somebody, you could get a meal. Then at halftime, what happened before was if you're a media member, you could go into the that same media dining area and you could get a hot dog, get some popcorn, get some you know free soda. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, gotcha. whatever. Right, right. This year they changed it. You have to have a ticket, and that you get the ticket from buying the first meal. So you buy the first meal, you get a hot dog at halftime. If you don't, then you don't. And did Ner- did New Orleans have a ticket? He did not. 
He did not. So what happened was at halftime, Nerlens goes into the media room and a lot of media is in there. He goes in there, he grabs a hot dog, and then Tim McMahon snaps a picture of him walking out of the media room because the media room has this really long hallway that goes back into the corridor, like the, the thing yeah, yeah. around the bottom of the AAC. So that is the only thing that happened during Hot Dog Gate. That is what happened. Nerlens Noel was not playing. He did not play in the first half, and he did not play in the second half. Was he suited up, though? Of course. He was suited up. That's and so funny. this was a this was a one o'clock start. I I watched Saturday, I watched the whole game. I watched Saturday the whole game against, against, the, against Clippers. the Clippers. There was a random time, so the dude like got a good workout before the game because he knows he's not playing a lot, and he knows he's either not going to play a lot or he's not going to play at all. So what he's doing, and my fr- my friend Isaac on uh, Smoking Cuba did a one on one sit down with him and talked to him and said that he is you know putting a lot more into his warmups and putting into his pregame than he would normally because he's not playing as much. So he's putting more work into that. And so he put all that work in then got hungry, made the wrong choice. He said he should have sent a ball boy after it did not do that. And hence we have hot dog. Game. But you know what? There's, there's a certain level of respect that I have for him that he walked in, <laughs> took what he wanted <laughs> and left. And of course it was Tim McMahon. Of course. He would dude. He is so like, I don't want to. I don't want to say, say it, dude. He is so flipping sneaky. Like he just, <laughs> he is. I don't necessarily trust Tim McMahon. Wow. Like you wouldn't let him babysit your children. Absolutely not. <laughs> I think he would get really freaking drunk, and Aww. would my baby would be crying in the middle of the floor while he's like passed out shirtless, <laughs> and I would question what happened, dude. What did you do? How did you get to this point? That might have been a fair assessment of Tim McMahon. Uh, you know, you know better than I do. I just, you know, I make snap judgments and I try to be as funny as possible. Oh man, well it worked. So yeah, that's what's up with Hot Dog Gate. It's not really a big deal. We talked about it all in Lockdown Mavericks today. Isaac and I went into the entire Nerland saga. So if you want to learn all about that, go ahead and check out Lockdown Mavericks. They're good guys. They, yeah, we are. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. What is what is your assessment on yourself? <laughs> He's fair, but he's still working on it. Just all of it. Yeah. So, all right. There we go. Let's uh, let's move on from here to the shout-out shootout. Well, all right, Josh. What things do you want to shout-out today? You know what? I want to shout-out unfair radio listeners. I want to, oh. like, shout-out people who uh our hot take radio listeners okay hot take radio listeners i want to shout out cars that are broken down because that's something we're both dealing with i want to shout out my the radiator in my wife's car because it is butt you know why it's butt why it's got a huge crack in it that's what that's why it's butt Butts. shout out to uh, addison automotive for fixing my wife's radiator swag <laughs> shout out to them shout out to shelly for excellent customer service at, yeah. at this place that i went to <laughs> yeah go shelly shout out to cadillac barbecue for catering our lunch today at work i have that heard just so delicious i've heard great things shout out to this dude that runs cadillac barbecue that is only open two days a week thursday and friday from 10 30 a.m to 2 p.m or until they run out of meat Shout out to that guy. You know what I want to shout out? I want to shout out this little goat who's trying to bite my ankles right now. <laughs> this is my dog, Laker. Laker, do you have anything to say? Was that you? Yeah. That was okay. Good. I was like, man, that I've was gotten, really impressive. I've gotten really good at that. <laughs> his oh, man. That's the exact noise that he makes. Um, let's see. Shout out to shout out to uh, Josh's future wife. 
Yes, being engaged. We haven't seen each other since I've gotten engaged. Wow. So. This, I haven't even said congratulations to you in person. That's okay. That's Shout right. out to your Chewy's shirt that I thought this whole time was an Adidas shirt. That's the point. <laughs> That's the point behind it. So It's got the three peppers with the lines. Shout out to going to bed last night and literally saying a five-minute prayer for Shohei Otani. <laughs> And his and his in like a in d- true DBU fashion, praying for his heart and praying for you know his peace of mind. Because you have that, to redeem it somehow. You know, I just it you know I don't know if I you. don't know if Shohei knows the Lord, but if he does, I just you know I wanted to pray for him and just let this uh, situation just be redeeming and all blessing to God. And then he would grow from it and come closer to God somehow from it. That's exactly. <laughs> and what that I said, you know what? I really feel like Texas is a better, you know, hotbed for um, growing closer to the Lord than Seattle is because that is true. Oh, shout out to the Rangers new stadium, which hopefully is the saving grace of this. Oh, uh, what thing. if what if he comes and he says, "You know what? I just I am really impressed." Yeah, through through translator, of course. But he comes here and he says, you know, I was just really impressed with the future plans that are being built at this point in time. Oh. Like, oh my, that would make it all worth it. That would make it all worth it. Because that's a dude that's coming in, assessing your team from an unbiased standpoint, saying that your team is, you know, set up well for the future. Shout out to that. Uh, shout out to. Oh, gosh. Shout oh. out to Christmas. Yeah, shout out to Christmas. It's, it's coming up. Colder weather. Colder weather. Shout out to that. Shout out to 1053 The Fan. Yeah. Yeah, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for employing me uh, for <laughs> giving me a little paycheck at a time. But it's been a lot of fun. And for the relationships that I'm building currently and the friends that I'm making at the station. Shout out to the fan phenom. That's you. It's it's both of us. It's both of us. The, no, I this, did not win. No, but this is the home of it. We got first and second. Wow. The home of first and second and fan phenom. Like we, this is the this is the official podcast of the Fan Phenom competition presented by New Vodka. <laughs> Shout out to New Vodka. Okay, yeah. So my my mom's kind of okay. So my mom's kind of getting back into the dating game, which is really weird wow. for me. But this guy who she's been seeing, he's like super into sports. Like he's a he's a okay. season ticket holder for like the Rangers and the Stars nice. and stuff. And I guess he, that doesn't matter to you anymore. No, but he came over <laughs> yeah. and he just brought this like. He went to the store and got a bottle of new vodka. I don't drink. I don't. You don't drink, no. right? Yeah. So neither of us drink. But We're I looked super at him. Boring. I looked at him and I said, "New vodka, huh? Interesting." I said, <laughs> uh, "Yeah." So I'm kind of affiliated with them, but <laughs> I don't drink. So it's kind of it's kind of weird. We have we have drinking less new vodka than we have shouted out. Let's just. Say. <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking way less. Significantly less. <laughs> nah, but. It's been it's been cool. It's been cool. You know, we're just hanging out. So shout out to uh, shout out to Nathan and Chris. Yeah. Without R.I.P. Without whom there could be no podcast. I I would like to have Nathan on as a guest, even though it wouldn't really be a guest appearance. <laughs> it would he's just on be the a cover art of this podcast. Yeah. So he he's he's technically still a member. Technically, once a member, always a member. Shout out to them. Except for is there anybody who was a member at one point who we kind of want to knock out? Kayla. Agreed. <laughs> Do we want to keep Sylvie on the podcast? Like, yeah. Are you sure? Yes, because okay. without without her, I could not get access to camera equipment that I might need for my later career endeavors. Or the radio studio, if we or ever the, find our way back. I hope it's much warmer. <laughs> yeah. 
Especially since it's cold outside now. Shout out to uh, 50 degree weather. It's definitely like 40 something outside right now. Currently 35. Wow, really? It right It's dropped. It's dropped. Wow, I did not expect that. Shout out to that. No. And uh, yeah, shout out to the Seeing Stars podcast. I'm Nick Angstead. I'm Josh Dak. Boom. We'll see ya.